It's time for Thriller Thursdays here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective. The name's Justice. Jack Justice. The life of a detective is famed for its variety. You go from hero to villain to schnook, and back to hero again with disturbing frequency, though with none of the tedious regularity of the changing of the seasons. Sometimes you run off your feet, a busy cog in the great machine of law and order, and a respected member of the community in your own way. I would not say those times were vastly in the majority, quite the opposite in fact. But whom, I ask, would eat a cake made entirely of frosting? Uh, aside from King, our trusty dog, and my old pal Freddy, and... Well, actually, that does sound pretty good, come to think of it. Most of this is at least somewhat beside the point. Once upon a time, we all made a choice, and I made mine. A choice to render nothing unto Caesar. To sell nice concepts like wife and house for a little tin shield and the right to wear my hat just so. Some days it even seems worth it. Not the thousand days when nothing happens, but the slow movement of the clock hands circumnavigating another blank page in the book. Not the hundred days when bills are paid. Husbands spy upon their wives. Wives give husbands good reason to. Clients cry. Clients lie. Clients dicker over the bill. Those days I can do without. But every once in a great while, the door opens with a brief hesitation, and an angel floats in with big, moist eyes and a throb in her voice. A twist of soft brown hair pulled up under her cap and a look that says she could bend steel with her bare hands if she had reason to. A girl who was a mystery all to herself before she even opened her mouth. It didn't happen often, mind you, but when it did, it made it all worthwhile. The name's Dixon. Trixie Dixon, girl detective. I didn't even have to turn my head to look back at Jack to get a full appreciation of the level of nonsense I was going to have to put up with on this one. The frail quivering in our doorway was just exactly the sort of helpless little doe he normally fell all over himself trying to impress. But there was a faint aura that she was tougher than she seemed. I couldn't tell if being in over her head was unfamiliar territory or if the entire ingenue bit was just a routine. But I did know that if there was one thing Jack liked better than a bunny rabbit, it was a liar. And my bet was that Midge Crocker was both, all in one package. Have a seat, please, Miss Crocker. The coffee is quite fresh. Can I offer you a cup? Oh, thank you, Mr. Justice. Oh, black is fine. Better and better. What's that? I said... Never mind what I said. If we could begin at the beginning, Miss Crocker? Yes, of course. Is something wrong? No, not at all. I was just wondering... I've never heard of a girl detective before. Is that right? I'm sorry. I don't want to offend you. It just seems like a very dangerous line of work. It has its moments. But isn't it all terribly frightening? Terribly what? What Trixie means to say is that a little danger can seem a lot less frightening when you have a strapping young partner by your side. Isn't that right, Trix? Yeah, but when the dog is busy, I just take Jack. Nice. Your coffee, Miss Crocker. 
I think you'll find this blend to your liking. Oh, thank you ever so much, Mr. Justice. Yeah, thanks. Now pour yourself a nice big cup of shut up and sit down. Don't mind her. This is how she masks the terrible fright. Miss Crocker, please do not be alarmed by the sudden presence of my sidearm on my desk. I'm just preparing to deal with a little pest problem. In the meantime, why don't you tell us how we can help you? Yes. Yes, of course. I hope you'll forgive me. This is all a little... I don't even know if you'll be able to help me. I just didn't know where else to turn. It's more of a guideline than a hard and fast rule, miss, but generally those are the moments when people knock on our door. They've usually come to the right place. Thank you, Mr. Justice. I know it may seem petty and small. Uh, two songs that also feature prominently in our hit parade. I don't really know where to begin. Well, since we haven't got around to writing the ending just yet, might I suggest the other end? Come now, Miss Crocker. There's no need to stammer and blush. It'd look coy on a bird twice as innocent as you. I... I deserve that. Good. Because we'd never get anywhere otherwise. Look, just take a deep breath. There's a good girl. And tell me just exactly what you're after. The family jewels. Now see, that will... I'm sorry? The family jewels. I want you to help me get hold of the family jewels. Is your coffee cold? Oh, I know. I didn't... His mind could use a bit of a warm-up. Tricks, could you? Miss Crocker, maybe we could lead into this just a titch. What's that? Oh, all right. My grandmother, Mary Ellen Crocker, she passed away recently and left her affairs in a terrible state. She specified in the will that she wanted the house and everything in it to be shared equally between her grandchildren. Of which you are one of... Seventeen. Seventeen? You're saying there are 16 more at home like you. Down, boy. Think of it, Trix. We could start a ranch. <laughs> don't mistake me, Mr. Justice. We don't all travel in a pack. That's a shame. My cousins live all over the country. Many of them I've never even met. Of all of Grand's children, Mother lived the closest. I've been visiting that big old country house since I was just a little girl. And now the time has come to share it, yes? Oh, Mr. Justice, I only wish it were that simple. But I'm afraid that we might never get that chance. How so? Gran left her finances. Well, they got away from her a bit in the later years. There were some debts? Yes. Chiefly to a man in town named Clifford Parks. Nothing very much, you understand, but more than could be raised by any other means than selling her home and the land it stands on. Except? Except? Well... My coffee's warm now, and I had a moment to recover my composure, and I now feel sure that you were being literal a moment ago. There were some jewels? Yes. And they haven't turned up in Grand's effects? No. No, they haven't. Many of those jewels were family heirlooms. It would be a shame to have to part with them, but to lose that old house would be unbearable. Oh, I wish you could see it, Mr. Justice. A big piece of land with an old oak tree out back. The wind rustling through the high grass, and the wheat fields blowing like a great golden sea. Maybe it's nothing very special. Maybe it's not even worth what Gran owed on it, but to me it means happier times. Times when the world seemed new and everything seemed possible. <laughs> doesn't seem fair to lose that now. It doesn't seem right for my cousins, my family, to never even know that place. It's ours, together. 
You've searched through your grandmother's things for anything that might be a clue, a lockbox, a safety deposit key? <laughs> Wherever in the world Gran put those jewels, I promise you it wasn't a bank. She never forgot 1929, and she never believed it couldn't happen again. Which means what? Which means those jewels are somewhere in Gran's house or on her property. And what's worse, I'm sure that Clifford Parks knows just where they are. And what makes you say that? His whole manner. He's impossibly smug. If he forecloses, everything on the property becomes his legitimately, including the jewels that would have paid his debt off many times over. How long do you have? Until Monday at noon. Then Parks is eligible to begin the foreclosure process. Three days. Less now. What do you think? I think it stinks. How do you mean? Forgive me, Miss Crocker. Just what is it you'd like us to do? I'd like you to find the jewels, wherever they are. Or find some means of forestalling parks while they can be found. That's a tall order. But will you take the case? Please. We get $35 a day plus expenses. Thirty... Yes. Yes, of course. I can put you both up at the house. Well, sister, feel inclined to work through the weekend? I'd find it easier to argue if we'd worked all through the week. Or last week. Well, there is that. Besides, you never take me anywhere nice. I, uh, don't understand. Relax, Miss Crocker. You've just bought yourself a couple of house guests. And so it was that the firm of Justice and Dixon, Private Investigations, piled into Jack's old heap, lock, stock, and beagle, and followed Miss Crocker's hastily written directions an hour out of town. It was dark as we rolled through the village of Danmore, with its nightlife buzzing wildly around the town lamppost, busily engaged in the twin activities of dancing a finely wrought aerial mambo and being eaten by bats. This town was clearly built upon the crossroads of nowhere in particular and nowhere at all. And the last place that a hothouse flower such as yours truly should be whiling away a perfectly good Friday evening. To say nothing of the fact that this was normally my special time to be spent as far away from Jack as possible. Suddenly we crested over a hill and came within view of the Crocker place, bathed in moonlight and just exactly as our client had described it. We didn't even have to check the address. It looked like one of those desperately wholesome paintings of a small town that no one really grew up in, but everyone imagined that they had. Or maybe that's just me. Old Squarejaw, by contrast, seemed quite taken with the dump. Well, you got a load of this place, Trixie. Thanks, I've had a load of it already. Can we go now? What's the matter? It's all this fresh air. Doesn't agree with me. Aw, oh, come on. Just get a load of these stars. Justice, I grew up across the street from a factory that, as far as I was ever able to see, made nothing but black smoke and plenty of it. I'm not even sure I saw a star until I was 16, and I'm not really comfortable seeing more than two at a time. Besides, I'm having coal withdrawal. Let's just find Grandma's pretties and get back to civilization. All right. Don't get so sour. Hold it. What? I can't see. Something's wrong with the path we're standing on. It's made of dirt. It's made of... Ah, for God's sake... Let's go, princess. I've reserved a mattress full of legumes. Get down! King! King, get back here! Where'd he go? I can't see! Keep your head down! Do you see a muzzle flash? No, it, it's coming from back in those trees, though. King! Come back! Jackie ran right out for the shooter! Hang on. I've had just about enough of this. Don't! You might hit the dog! Not unless he's learned to fly. I don't hear anything. Three shots up in the air shouldn't be enough to run anybody off. Unless they're new at this. That might help. King! King! Here he comes. Oh, 
Who's Mama's brave little guy? Who's Mama's brave little guy? Yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. All right, Mama. Stuff a sock in it, would you? Is he all right? It's too dark to be sure, but I think he's okay. Think our friend has called it a night? Would you? I wouldn't be standing out in a field with a rifle in the first place. Not even for a chance to shoot you. Nice. Hold it. What's wrong? We got incoming. Quiet. Oh, nicely done, Hopalong. You've scared our client half to death. Miss Crocker, are you all right? Yes, yes. I've just... Oh, I think I've twisted my ankle is all. I'm all right. Looks like it's bleeding. Let me have a look at it. Please, Mr. Justice. I'm sure I can manage. And in any case, can we get inside before our friend with the rifle gets back? I don't understand. One of your neighbors doesn't take kindly to late-night callers. Take my arm. Let's go. Quiet, King. Be quiet. Come on. Do you mean to say you were... You were shot at? Quiet. I don't understand any of this. Well, let's not understand it from the other side of a locked door. Come on, King. Let's go. That ankle is bleeding. You better let me take a look at it. Please, Mr. Justice, don't trouble yourself. I just must have caught it on something when I fell. I'll get some water. Make yourselves at home. If by make yourselves at home you mean bar all the doors and windows, thanks. Don't mind if I do. How is it we beat you back here? What's that? I said... I was in town, picking up a few things. I don't do much entertaining, I'm afraid. You didn't happen to mention that your house guests were a pair of private dicks out to save the farm, did you? Well, I might have. Swell. See? And you were afraid small-town life would be dull. You are listening to Blackjack Justice from DecoderRingTheater.com. There are a few things I appreciate even less than being lied to. Fortunately for our client, being shot at was pretty high on that list. Midge Crocker's story had seemed so screwy I admit that it set my teeth on edge. The sisterly concern for the shared interests of a flock of cousins, most of whom she'd never met, to say nothing of the dastardly villain waiting in the wings to foreclose on Granny's farm, had all sounded too good to be true. Or at least too pat, too cut and dried. Life was almost never as simple as a too-real-talkie, but that's what Midge had spun us all right. Jack stood in Granny Crocker's kitchen, a cup of black coffee in his hand, cooking an egg in a rolling pot of boiling water. For all our misadventures the night before, he looked as relaxed as I could remember seeing him in direct sunlight. The dog sat at his feet and gazed up at him adoringly. Old Square Jaw had his shirt sleeves rolled up. No hat on his head, and a smile that had almost no irony in it playing around the edges of his face. He was starting to bother me. You know what your trouble is, Trix? I have a general idea, yes. He's dawdling over breakfast just now. Nice. You're too suspicious, that's what. No, I am just suspicious enough. You know how I know that? You're still breathing? I am, in fact, still breathing. Nice. What's wrong with you? What? You're almost... I don't know. Human. Thanks. That's it? That's what passes for breakfast banter these days? Now I know something's wrong. I'll let you in on a little secret. You're actually a space alien who's taken Jack's place. Surprisingly, no. Before I ran away to join the little circus of law and order in the big bad city, I grew up in a place a lot like this. And yet you went on to become a reasonably productive member of society. The feel-good movie of the year. What's your point? The point is you shouldn't be so surprised that it agrees with me. Well, 
I guess something had to eventually. What's the plan? You gonna tear the place apart? I thought I'd start with Granny Crocker's papers first. We can always take a crowbar to the walls on Monday morning. The intellectual approach? You're sure you're not a space alien? Yes. Though in all fairness, if I were, I probably wouldn't admit to it. You've got a determined gleam in your eye. What's the rumpus? Gonna go visit a gentleman caller. Who's the victim? Clifford Parks. The fellow with the lean on Granny's farm. Is there another? I hope not. You got him fitted for the black hat. Couldn't say. But I can't see that anybody else in town has a motive to fill us full of lead. True. Of course, we just got here. Uh, Granted. And whoever our midnight caller was last night wasn't trying to kill us. What are you basing that on? The fact that I'm still alive. The moon was full last night, and they were pretty clearly waiting for us. Maybe they're just a lousy shot. So lousy that we couldn't even spot a muzzle flash? You gotta be a pretty bad shot to point the gun in the opposite direction accidentally. What are you trying to say? That the gunman wasn't trying to kill us. He was trying to scare us off. Can you think of anyone other than Clifford Parks who'd stand to gain much from that? I really can't. Good morning. Were you both quite comfortable? Delightful. I'm thinking of taking a brace of local crickets back with me for ambiance. Are you ready to tiptoe through Granny's papers? When you're finished, yes. Or Miss Dixon and I could start now. Miss Dixon has another appointment. Appointment? Gonna see a man about a gun. What? Clifford Parks. Oh, no. Oh, no, you mustn't. Why not? We... He's dangerous. That's the why, not the why not. If he's the one that shot at us, I want to know it. And I want him to know that I know. But why? Because the alternative is locking all the doors and hiding under a bed till he comes to foreclose. And that's not what they do in the cowboy pictures. But but we have so little time to find the jewels. Two detectives, no waiting. Mr. Justice, you can't let her do this. (laughs) I don't really recall the last time I was able to forbid my partner to do anything, Miss Crocker. Or the last time I tried. And the way I can tell that is I'm still breathing. It isn't that I was crazy about the idea myself, but Trixie's a big girl, and I wasn't kidding about her resentment of anything that sounded even remotely like an instruction. Besides, having the run of the place for a couple of hours didn't sound like that bad an idea. Granny's farmhouse was run down, and I don't think there was a stick of furniture in the place that didn't come from before the war. And not the last one, the one before that. It lacked about every creature comfort you can name, and the field it stood in had none of the thousand flashy distractions of your average city street. In short, I was feeling more at home than I had in, well, longer than I was prepared to admit to. As I watched our clients slink around the doorframe and into Granny's little library, I remembered why that was. When a fellow started to feel at home, especially when there was a beautiful brunette around, sometimes, just sometimes, he let his guard down. You look deep in thought. Do I? I brought you some more coffee. You're a quick study. (laughs) You don't really imagine that you're tough to read, do you? I guess not. You like it here, don't you? I guess I do. Reminds me of somewhere. Where's that? Doesn't matter, really. It's gone now. I'm sorry. Why? It was suddenly like a shadow crossed your eyes. We've all got our ghosts, Miss Crocker. Maybe we should stick to yours. Does it bother you? No. It's just I'm fairly good with other people's problems. I'm sure you are. I feel safe just having you here. You shouldn't. I'm not bulletproof. Your partner won't learn anything from Clifford Parks. She's pretty good. And if you tell her I said that, I'll clip your beak. But he's such an awful man. Such a practiced liar. So they'll lie to each other for a while until she thinks she's made her point. That's just another romantic afternoon for Trixie Dixon, girl detective. How can you joke? 
Cliff Parks is dangerous. This coffee's awfully good, by the way. I, well, thank you. I can be domestic when I'm called upon to be. Careful, sweetheart. I have been led on by experts. Are you so sure I'm not one? On the contrary, I recognize the patter. When you said you were going to start looking in here, I just assumed. What? Well, I thought there'd be less reading and more looking. You wanted me to toss the room. For this, you need a detective. Well, I thought it's not a big house, Mister Justice, until you're looking for something small that someone meant to be kept hidden. It might be in the walls. It might be buried in the yard. Is there much point saving this place if we tear it down in the process? It's better than losing it all, Mister Justice. And the jewels might be any number of places, Angel. Two days isn't enough to look in all of them without some kind of clue where to start. And so we read. But I've already been through Grant's papers. Yes, but you are not a detective. I see. Are you getting anywhere with the will? Will Schmill. I've got Granny's diary. Per. Grant kept a diary. You didn't know? I didn't. It's hard to imagine Grant doing anything that sentimental. Is that so? Don't mistake me, Mister Justice. I loved her dearly, but she could be a difficult woman to know. Most are. It was sitting on the end table, bold as brass. I'm surprised you never opened it. Of course, it was in plain sight and wasn't a locked strong box, so I don't imagine it presented much interest. What are you saying? Did I say something? I'm not sure. I like your tone. You'll love it when I read this, my dearest Midge. What are you reading? Grand's last entry. My dearest Midge, by the time you think to open this, you will have heard the will. And know that I mean this place that has meant so much to me to be shared between all my grandchildren. But as I sit in the fading light in this chair where I used to brush your beautiful hair, I want to leave a little something extra for you, who have always been my favorite. Within the pages of a good book, you'll find something I'd like you to remember me by. It must be a clue. You think? Perhaps she's put a map between the pages of one of these books. Was there anything in particular she used to read to you? Anything special? Well, I. Well, there were so many. But what would have stuck in her head as special? You know how grandparents are. They still see you as little kids, no matter how much you grow up. Maybe we should just start at this end and work over. Seems a little haphazard, doesn't it? After all, time is of the essence, and the clue might just get us started. I'm just proposing a more thorough approach. Yeah, the scientific method. I'm nuts about it, but it doesn't keep me from wondering why you can't remember a single book she read you. Please, Mister Justice. Unless she never read you any books. Unless she was too busy brushing your beautiful blonde hair, blonde. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did I leave a word out the first time? Seems that you were blonde back then. I've known a lot of brunettes that went tragic with the peroxide, but I've never known anyone to take the opposite path, which makes me wonder. If she's not Mitch Crocker at all, you. Hello, Trixie. Step on any lines lately? Don't get cute. You're just sore because I solved the case without leaving the house. We're just lucky you got dressed. Yes, you are. Need I remind you that I went after the gunman while you read diaries and played hairdresser? And don't move, Peaches. Oh my goodness! What are you doing, Trix? I met our mustache-twirling Clifford Parks, and I have several problems with casting him as the bad guy. Leaving aside for the moment that he's eighty-three and still optimistic enough to make not one but two passes at yours truly before noon on a Saturday. Truly, a mighty hero of romance. Shut up. He also is not a dime by the Crocker estate. Never has been. But he's an old friend of the family, and probably the only one in town who'd recognize most of the family when they got into town for the memorial service. Is that a fact? It is. He's especially looking forward to seeing little Midge Crocker when she gets into town on Monday. Nice. 
So, Sweet Pea here, and forgive me, but I don't really care which of the other sixteen crockers you are. Susan. Yep, right. Don't care. She's running out of time. She knows Grandma had some pretties stashed somewhere, and she wants to find them before the favorite chicken comes home to roost. Well, why should she have everything? Isn't it enough that everyone always loved her best? So you cast the old family friend as the bad guy to keep us away from him while we're here, and oh no! She fires a few shots in the air to give us a siege mentality. Maybe a little extra urgency. But she's unfamiliar with girl detectives and their overdeveloped senses of vengeance. It's not true. I did no such thing. Jack, be a deer and hold my pistol, would you? What are you doing? I'm gonna take me a closer look at that ankle. Let me go, please. Shut down and shut up, ladies, please. Help! Let me see that leg. You know, a fella'd pay a decent dollar for a show like this in the city. There. Teeth marks. She didn't trip on the path. Mighty King bit her on the ankle when she was shooting at us. There's your shooter. I never meant to hurt you. I fired away from you. Yeah, well, you still don't get to do that. See you around. But wait, the jewels, the books. I guess we can't leave her here to steal her cousin's jewels. Oh, that. Allow me. I left out another word. And with that, Jack walked to the shelves and reached for the good book, not a good book, not the well-thumbed testament on the table, but a large and dusty tome of a Bible, which sure enough was not a Bible at all, but a hidden chest. He clicked the latch, and there were the Crocker family jewels, all right, just as shiny as Susan Crocker must have remembered them from when she was a little girl. He didn't need to be an expert in anything to see that they were all paste and worthless, just a grown-up. We could still hear our client sobbing as we gathered our things. We didn't know if she was crying over spilt milk or what she had become, what greed and jealousy had made her. I tried not to meditate too much on the nature of avarice as I dipped into her handbag on the way out for gas money. Don't look at me like that. Plus, expenses means exactly that. We all make choices in life, and Susan Crocker made hers. She'd got off easy. When the rest of the extended family rolled into town, they'd be none the wiser. And it was between her and her conscience if she could look them in the eye. But as we rode away, I couldn't get my mind off the little house in the middle of nowhere, and I couldn't stop wondering about some of my own choices. Maybe someday. Blackjack Justice, episode twenty-seven, "The Family Jewels," was written and directed by Greg Taylor, and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons, with additional voice supplied by Clarissa Dunnerlanden. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator, and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, decoderingtheater.com is your address to adventure. Somewhere in the lush pastures just outside the Mutual Audio Network building. Wasted away again in Mad Doggeritaville. Lothar, give me the bottle. No. Now. No. Jack said we had to do this. For the AD community. Hey, Jan, we got your text. Hey, yeah, what's up? You said Brother Lothar needed us? Thanks, Jeff. Jack, uh... 
Yeah, Lothar. He's, well, really wasted. And he won't stop drinking. I think this one's going to take all three of us. Well, I know he likes his cocktails, but isn't this a bit early, even for him? And why is he singing about Mad Dog 2020? Jan, what's this about? Lothar, overheard you talking about Mad Con 2020, and, well, he misheard. Wait. Are you saying that... Yeah, he thought you said there would be three days of Mad Dog 2020, not three days of Mad Con in 2020. And he's like been drinking that swill ever since. Getting in the rain. Oh, let me talk to him. Thanks. I tried to tell him, but I think that stuff's already rotted what's left of his brain. Here, I'll take one for the team. <laughs> hey, brother. Hey, Jeff. You here for some Mad Dog 2020? Um, yeah, but uh, they were out at the store. Can I have a swig off yours? Of course, brother. Lothar, you shouldn't be drinking that. I'm not. <laughs> Jeff is. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, look, you heard us talking about Mad Dash Con 2020, not Mad Dog 2020. Uh, what's your bucket? Oh, 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 this stuff is almost as bad as Ripple. Mad Dash Con. The modern audio drama convention. It's the first convention of its kind. And it'll occur in 2020. A convention? Yes, yes. Producers, directors, writers, editors, composers, actors, and, and fans of audio drama are going to come from all over to Halifax, Nova Scotia for the weekend of July 24th to the 26th of 2020. We have all sorts of things scheduled. We have recording sessions and workshops, panels, and the opportunity for folks, fans, and creators alike to meet in person. www.mad-con.com. That's mad-con.com. Has all the details, including how to register. That's... That's a really cool idea, man. Oh, that's much better than drinking this stuff. Oh... God, I've only had three sips, and I'm not sure I can feel my face. Oh. Come on, honey, let's get you back inside. Thanks, guys. No problem, Lady Jan. We're not going to let him live this one down anytime soon, are we? Oh, I should think not. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember to listen and drink responsibly, listeners. Mad Dash Con 2020. Not to be confused with any kind of fortified wine. Oh. Yeah! 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 Yeah!